0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters Together. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. Happy to have you today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California on a shockingly beautiful day. I am so so sorry for the satellite sisterhood <laughs> that is east of the Colorado Rockies, because I know it is misery there. My sister Julie Dolan joining me in Dallas, Texas. Julie, I, I can't even believe the pictures of the Midwest. How bad it looks! Uh, it's
1: the ice box. So this is a whole other <laughs> polar express. It's terrible, and of course, it's a shiny, beautiful day here in Dallas, Leanne. Um, so yes, my, I, I, you know, that looks miserable. The, the snow, the cold, and, a, and there's a lot more to come of it. So. And,
0: and the worst thing is, is people have been posting on the Facebook pages, like more snow days, like Enough is enough. I mean, that's what kills you as a mother. You're like, I could deal with the cold. It's the kids off of school I can't deal with. And this is bad because you've
1: had the Martin Luther King holiday uh, on Monday, of course. <laughs> so a lot of parents are scrambling, you know, uh, you know, to uh, for with child care on that day because schools are out uh, in commemoration of um, the holiday. But then you're now,
0: you've got to scramble again. And show A us. lot of schools just, cl- just called it, like schools in D.C. and stuff. It's not even snowing there yet, but they just said don't come to school. They called it before the snow started. Oh,
1: okay, can I say there's such weather wimps in D.C.? Oh. They really are. Okay, there you
0: go. <laughs> all right, so, all right yeah. well, we have a rich, full show today. I mean, I hope we can jam it all in. We mm-hmm. have a, a lot of health news. Of course, I'm doing a detox, and Julie has some cautionary tales about several things that you may be shocked about that that could kill you. Uh, <laughs> things that seem... Seem fairly harmless, but they can kill. That are in uh,
1: that are in your home right now. Right I know now. That,
0: yes. Yes, that, indeed. That's like an eleven PM news promo, you know? Right now in your home, deadly things that kill. Uh <laughs> so we're gonna talk about that. We have some advice for Maggie. She is taking her granddaughter to NYC as a graduation gift in the spring. She posted uh on the Facebook page she wanted some advice for a New York City trip. I just have a couple of pieces of advice. We're gonna do a little international news here some i serious and then uh, then of course our Tuesday edition of Downton Gabby we are forging on uh, we are forging on with Downton Gabby and uh, looking forward to that again we'll be at the end of the show so if you haven't watched the show or this season you haven't caught up yet we'll give you plenty of spoiler alerts but Julie I wanted to start on a joyous note because I went somewhere this weekend uh, to an event I had never been to before a second wedding Okay. And here was the situation. My delightful neighbor, Marilyn, who lives behind me, um, she lost her husband five years ago. So one of those incredibly sad things, Marilyn had been a public school teacher and a principal. She had just retired. Dave was an accountant. He was like on the verge of retiring and he had a brain tumor and he went so fast, like right. They had worked so hard, raised three kids were looking for who lived all over the place. They were so looking forward to retirement and, and Dave died within like eight months of being diagnosed. It was just super sad. And she's like the world's nicest human being, just generous and lovely. We share a black back fence. Colin does a lot of house sitting for her you know we have We have a text relationship she 's always on the phone she 's just super great, so she actually got married to a second for a second time to a widower roger nice you that's, know what i,
1: I aren 't you happy when you hear stories like that 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 you you know that you get a second chance at love that you found someone later in your life
0: that's very inspiring. I had never been to a second wedding, and it was just clear that everyone was super happy for them. There were no issues, <laughs> no bad blood, no, you know, stepdaughter, step-parent things. This was just a pure celebration of joy. And that was so much fun to be at. Marilyn looked thrilled, thrilled. Roger looked thrilled. All the kids, the grandchildren looked thrilled. And it was fantastic. So, we, so And there were so many people that wanted to join in some portion of the event. You could even forgive Marilyn. Like some people were invited to the wedding on Saturday and a lunch on Sunday. And other people were invited to the wedding and a reception. There was also a Church on Sunday, lunch on Sunday. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. It was like a two-day wedding celebration. And it didn't even, like, if this was someone you weren't happy for, you'd be like, what is this? But it was like, Marilyn, wherever you want us to go. So we went to the wedding Saturday night and a luncheon at her house on Sunday. But here's the best thing, Julie. I just want you to know, if you uh, decide to get married for a second time, here's an excellent thing to have in your family. What is that? The groom... The groom's son is a tenor at the Metropolitan Opera. Wow. Unbelievable music at the wedding.
1: So so they had some very high-class music. It
0: was just, it was really a draw for me. I'll tell you, because I was going to take the church service on Sunday, lunch on Sunday option. But I went for the two-day option because uh, Marilyn texted me and said, come to the wedding. You know, my new son-in-law or stepson is a tenor. Uh, for the met Ooh. and he's sung in opera houses all over the world, so Julie he nailed that lord's prayer I mean <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was unbelievable, and it was just added to like the joy and the magic of the whole event so if you're looking for a second husband, I suggest i suggest marrying someone whose child is a is an opera singer that's that's what I have to go to for say. some talent and you know the thing is now that a lot of people skip.
1: The ceremony part? Have you have you seen this trend? Leah? I we we've talked about it. We do not
0: agree. Yeah, we, we do, do not, not agree. And so,
1: if you had skipped the actual ceremony, you would have missed out on this very talented son. So it, that's... it
0: was unbelievable. And he, they are uh, Methodists, and they're a pretty straightforward group. The Methodists. So I really wanted him to break out in some Puccini, but he really stuck with like the twenty-third Psalm and the Lord's Prayer. So, but very Still, dignified. Very so... dignified. So, ceremony. what was
1: the bride wearing? What do you, you know. But she looked
0: great she was wearing um like a purple dress like a really like an egg rich purple dress with a touch of sparkle she went for it and um she had her daughter was her best you know her maid of honor and the grandchildren were the bridesmaid were the flower girls and um and she was wearing a veil though which i thought was really lovely because it was yeah Like a long veil or no, a little short veil with her beautiful purple dress. And it looked fantastic. It just looked great. It was just a very joyous ceremony. And I was thinking, yeah, good for them. You know, everyone was happy that they got this second, this second shot. Her, her, um, her late husband's brothers were there. You know, they were all supportive. So it was super nice. Super right. nice wedding. Yeah.
1: Well, that's how I hope we have more second weddings uh, in our future. <laughs> <Yeah. look good. laughs> so,
0: Just, again, I'm coming if your future son is a, an opera singer. I'm, a, I'm in. I'm in. Mm-hmm. It made me want to go to the opera, actually. I haven't been to the opera in a long time. And I was like, good goodness gracious, this guy can sing. So, so I know you've
1: just been watching American Idol. Yes, right. So
0: you That's it. Or you're or like, you know, pretty good church singers in church every week. Like, oh, and then when like a really trained opera singer busts out, you're like, holy cow. And he hit a note. Oh, he hit a note in the Lord's Prayer. Beautiful. So anyway, two, two thumbs up for the second wedding. That's what I have to say.
1: OK, well, you know, there's a bigger celebration uh,
0: is, is just three weeks away. Can you believe the Olympics are three weeks away, Liam? I know. I'm so excited. And yet, Julie, I am now really scared for the safety of our athletes. I have to say I, I yeah, am very concerned. It is. You know, they, well, just today they announced that they're
1: looking for three more of these Black Widow bombers um, that are in the area um, of Sochi because uh, various Islamic middle, middle, militant groups from the Dagestan region, um, have, you know, they have promised to deliver what they're calling a present at the, at the Russian Olympics in Sochi, Sochi, Russia. And don't you
0: think they will? Like, I I mean, they're they're serious. This is not an idle threat.
1: I mean, these, these female Russian bombers, when I lived in Moscow, I lived there for five years. Um, Uh, Oh, right. If you're new to the show, we go to Julie
0: for international news because she's lived. She lived abroad for 10 years and actually was nominated for some press coverage for uh, her work when she uh, reported from Moscow on us. So that's why she is our Russian expert. Uh, And for Eric, who's now listening to the podcast and doesn't know the background. So there you go, Eric. But this was um, that they
1: were, you know, these terrorists were, you know, there were several events while we were living in in Moscow. But one of the events were two female. Female bombers. And these are, you know, these are women coming out of the Chechnya, Dagestan region. uh, And they, the the women are, you know, they have all the explosives on it. And it's so unusual, because, you know, we usually think of, you know, suicide bombers as just being men. But the, you know, the profile of these women is that, Every man in their family has been killed and or tortured okay.
0: Okay. By,
1: by the Russians. And so this is their payback that they are doing this for the men in their lives, you know, their sons, their husbands, their fathers, their uncles, their neighbors. Um, and so, um, they, you know, that that was a terrifying time. You know, every time you took the subway in in Moscow, you know what you know, you were thinking, oh, my gosh, looking around. Right. So I think so. So the idea that, the, you know, that these uh, terrorist groups have already said they, you know, they want to you know, they want to deliver a present, you know. And and the thing about Sochi is, you know, everyone knows it's it's been coming up for, you know, four years. Right. So- You know, it may be that they are already embedded. They're already behind this alleged, you know, 1500 mile curtain of steel that Vladimir Putin has put up that is where essentially um, most of the residents of Sochi have been pushed out of the the actual town and they've set it up as a big security ring.
0: Oh, really? I didn't realize the residents had to leave. So,
1: I mean. You know, this is again. That's really the- in
0: the Olympic spirit. I know. But, I, know. I is- mean, why did the IOC give them the games? That's a, you know, uh, well, don't get me started on the IOC, but right. Okay. Oh, sure. One of the
1: reasons, one of the pitches to the IOC why Sochi won was that this was going to be you know, as some economic engine to have the Olympics there. It was all the development, you know, was going to help an area that really was suffering, very poor, no industry, that it really had crumbled after the Soviet system had had dissolved. And so that was part of the pitch that Russia made, that this is, this is a way to help the post-Soviet Russians, you know, sort of get a leg up. But in fact, when you read about what's happened there is they pushed all the residents out and they have created sort of this Potemkin village where, yes, it's going to look pretty nice in this, you know, in the area where the Olympic venues are. But if you go you know, beyond that and look at, to see where people are living, you know, you're going to see a real crumbling infrastructure where plumbing is bad, lack of electricity, lack of water, substandard housing. And, and no jobs. That, you know, these people are out of work because they can't, you know, they can't mm-hmm. use any of the transportation because that's all saved for the Olympians. So I think it is a real worry. Now, when after they had the female suicide bombings, when we were living in Moscow, one of the things that the Russian security did is they don't have any qualms about <laughs> racial profiling. Right. Okay? Can I say that? Like, you know, unlike the United States, where we sort of err on the other side, you know, every time you go through, you know, airport security and they're patting down some grandmother or some (laughs) six-year-old. But that's not how the Russians handle it. You know, when I can remember traveling during this period right after the bombings that you would go to the airport and there were just Russian soldiers or part of their security forces right there by the door. And they are just they're doing it by face. Like and if you're if your skin color was wrong or if you looked wrong, you were pulled out of line. And that. So th- there's going to be a lot of that, which I think is going to be incredibly uncomfortable for the international press. So there's go- it's going to be a really rough time that way, uh, Leanne. Uh, Le- and mm-hmm. I, and I think there is some, there's some real security threats. I mean, I think. Any- yeah. I
0: read the, the U S state department is getting involved in keeping the athletes safe. This
1: time. Right. I guess because they're, you know, they're, they're bringing over FBI agents, but fewer FBI agents than for other Olympic games, uh, So, and, you know, this is a part of the world where corruption is a way of life. So, you know, where in other areas you may say, okay, well, this is nice and secure. We don't have to worry about it. But in this part of the world where bribery, you know, where you can bribe a guard, you can bribe Mm -hmm. a police officer, you know, that... I think you you know you'll see that the, this is going to be a very difficult situation, and you know that's that's a terrible way to start the Olympic. It games. It is, so. and a
0: terrible worry, a burden on the athletes emotionally. Right, right, yeah. for the because it would make it makes me wonder: is it safer to stay in the Olympic Village or not? Yeah, I,
1: I it's 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 going to be hard to say. And then I'll, a couple other things: there's no snow. Can I? I add right. which is, which is going to be really rough for an Olympic <laughs> games with for the no skiers. Snow. But that's uh, last week. Last week, very little snow in Sochi. So they they're really going to have to start working on that. I know they've been stockpiling snow. They've been saving it for several years. I don't know how that's possible, Leanne, but (laughs) they have bunkers of snow. So but they're going to have to start getting that snow out pretty soon.
0: Uh, But here's the good news, Leanne. Tickets are still available if you would like to go. Sure there. Yes, I did read an article this week, like, Americans not flocking to Sochi to the Olympics like we used to, like we have in the past. Yeah. Americans aren't going. No,
1: this is, I mean, well, for a lot of reasons. I mean, okay, number one, terror threat. Yes. Okay. This is a region of the country that you wouldn't travel to. I mean, Sochi is a nice resort town. But uh, you would never travel to this area if you didn't ha- if right. you didn't have to. And then traveling there is is it's very expensive to get
0: there. Right. Yeah. Where uh, is it anyway? I mean, it's it's on the blocks. it's on the. <laughs> no, I know that, but like, what? Yeah. How do I even get there? Huh? Yes. Yeah,
1: so it's it's going to be a long, expensive trip. Um, there, you know, they have hotels that they've built for the Olympics, but they're very expensive. That's that's another issue. And then the other thing is. There's really nothing else. for There are no other tourist attractions right. in this area. So it's not like the London Olympics where right. maybe you were going for a particular reason, you know. But that's – so that's something. So about 30% of the tickets are still available, I So I think – I'm sure Vladimir
0: will fill those seats, though. Oh, he oh, will. He's, he will gonna, find someone to sit in those seats.
1: Yeah, he's he's going to get someone <laughs> and he's going to be shirtless yeah. at opening ceremonies. That's my <laughs> that's, that's your
0: prediction. Okay. One other
1: one other place in the world I just need to mention because I think it was sort of Sort of uh, more than gut wrenching, sort of soul crushing to see the um, the newly released videos coming out of North Korea of the American that's held there, Kenneth Bae. Have you seen that? He they just um, they just released these videos. You know, there he is in North Korean prison prison clothes, and he's con- confessing to the crimes that he's made against the state of North Korea. Um, it's just. I mean, it's a tragic situation. He's been there since 2012. Uh, He's, you know, he's in very poor health and he's undergoing, you know, really horrific conditions. Uh, I guess in some sense, it's it's a miracle that he's alive. I I read today that the Obama administration is now offered to send an envoy to North Korea to see if they could secure his release. But again, as we've talked many times on this show... You know, that that's really the only two things that um, that North Korea exports are, you know, terror and propaganda and to see an American, no, no matter how how he got there or why he went or what he was doing, but to see someone being. Uh, tortured like that is really is really tough so
0: yeah i actually found out i was walking with my friend yesterday whose father-in-law was the was being held whose father-in-law was the world war ii or the korean war vet that was being held for three months in north korea and just returned home to northern california so i actually was uh you know walking the rose bowl with her yesterday and she said it almost gave her flashbacks to see those fake confessional uh videos because that's what her father-in-law had to do was confess to all these crimes you know, he was handed a written, a poorly written statement by the North Korean officials and he had to read it. And he read it word for word so people would know that it wasn't him who actually wrote it because the grammar was so bad. But she said it was really, really hard to watch that because uh, she knew exactly, you know, from her father-in-law's descriptions. In the meantime, the father-in-law had a command performance at uh, at the retirement home where he was living, <laughs> He's, oh, he's got tickets he, for a lifetime. He spoke to 250 residents of the retirement home about his time in North Korea this weekend, and he and his wife are headed off to Africa in a couple no, of weeks.
1: No way! Yeah. really?
0: Yo, yeah. No, like he's going. Have... He is not. He's undeterred. So they're headed off to South Africa. I'm like, he is not going to Somalia, is he? Because you got to wash your hands of him. <laughs> and that's what he's doing. Nope. Oh but God. there they go. He, he's undeterred. So, uh, the, the flip side well, of that, but yeah, yeah, it was hard to see those videos hard to watch.
1: Yeah. So hopefully he, um, Kenneth Bay will have a safe return. So that's, that's good. But yes, uh, things to watch.
0: All right. Uh, you know what else I've been doing this week is my detox. Okay. Oh. Besides going he, to second Can I wedding. say you
1: sound very perky for someone on a detox. Now, Sunday on the show, I could tell there was just a tinge a tinge of 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 i don't know whether it was
0: anger deprivation i don't know i don't know yeah
1: you you, but you sound
0: perkier today today is a turning point for me okay so i've been on this detox it is a is a I'm working with a nutritionist, a friend of mine who's a certified personal trainer and a nutritionist on this supervised detox and it's not a cleanse. So I am eating three meals a day and eating snacks, but I am not eating uh, grains, nuts, uh, dairy, uh, any process. So you're food. really not
1: eating. That's basically. Well, I'm
0: eating. Remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how you're supposed to eat two pounds of vegetables a day? Yes. I believe I am approaching that number. I honestly, <laughs> I am eating. You can eat like kale till your head falls off. And I, we had a, just a giant kale salad last night. Uh, I'm eating, you know, carrot and orange spice soup. I can eat. Oh, that's bad. I've had that. Oh, you know what? This is delicious. I have to say it's my friend Carol and I are doing it together and Carol's a great cook. So she followed all the recipes that we were given in our detox. She made like double portions of the soup and brought them all over to me because she's the world's nicest person. And, um. They are fantastic soups. And I like a hot soup uh, at lunchtime. So I'm even enjoying like the creamed parsnip soup. And when I say creamed, I mean with (laughs) almond milk uh, because we're not allowed dairy. But I have to say, Julie, today is the turning point because over the weekend, I did not feel that good. I had headaches from, I didn't eliminate all the caffeine, but I've significantly reduced it. I just felt bad. Like <laughs> I, and I, I, I missed nuts. I missed biscuits, <laughs> I, I missed Greek yogurt. I was cranky. Like even yesterday, I'm like, this is for the birds. Why am I doing this? But then this morning I have to say, I actually feel great because you know what? Guess what? You feel better when you're eating like kale and smoothies than when you're eating Christmas cookies and wine. (laughs) It actually works. (laughs) So, so, so far so good. How many more days on this? I I theoretically till Friday, but I think I'm going to Now that I actually feel good, I think I may go for it for a couple of more days, uh, through the weekend at least. And, and it is a super healthy way to eat. Here's the problem. You have to make everything yourself Uh, and it is very time consuming. You know, that's so you really do need to like spend one day a week cooking all your soups and even just preparing all the salads that you're going to eat or something. It's just it's very time consuming. So um, because you can't reach into the cupboard and grab something quick that doesn't. That's usually a processed food, so you can't do that. So I'm feeling good so far. Barrick is on board with me. He's eating the kale salad. We're not having wine at night. That's all good. So he's on board. I don't know what he's eating during the day, but under my supervision, he's eating. (laughs) Like this morning, I had a fig and spinach smoothie. (laughs)
1: That sounds so bad. You know what? It
0: was yummy. I have okay. to say. So, but almond... then,
1: when do you after the after the detox? Then what happens? Then, when, then where slowly... do you go? So you
0: supervise. She supervises you slowly reintroducing these foods into your diet. And the idea is you figure out which foods actually really make you feel kind of bad to eat them. Like, is it dairy? Is it? carbohydrates? Is it processed food? Like, okay, if you feel good on the detox, when do you start to feel kind of bloated and too full? Oh, so
1: it's kind of like the plan that the inflammation. It's
0: inflammation based, Julie. Yes. 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 It is like the plan, but it's, but my friend is not, I don't think is militant as the plan person. And, and, you know, and she, again, is a mom with two kids. So she's all about like clean eating when you can. Her goal is to get everyone to the 80, 20, eating method like 80 percent of the time you're eating clean as they say and wow. then the other 20 percent you can you know eat what you want within reason so and that's my goal <laughs> is
1: it, is it, all right well lean i want to know are you having any of that kale guacamole did you see that on our facebook page oh. that cindy
0: would put the that put the actually picture. made me laugh out loud it was like kale moly right now <laughs> she just took a picture and posted it on our facebook okay. page Okay, that's not the purpose of kale. It is not, no. <laughs> well, uh, it, not, not at all.
1: In fact, Leanne, I have I've been spending most of this week on the kale kills sites <laughs> that are out there. You know, because there are a lot of grisly results from eating too much kale. And yes. I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. That they have studied, because really before Whole Foods started stockpiling those giant, you know, things of kale, you know, they only gave kale to livestock. They didn't feed it to humans. Oh, because... really? No, why would they? It's like right. a juniper bush. You know, you know, it's not. Okay. It's you know, it's for like sheep. It's okay. not for human beings. Okay. And here's the sad part that they have done. They have a, a great body of research on the sort of horrific effects of kale on livestock, because one of <laughs> the byproducts of kale is sulfur and so a lot of people, a lot of animals were getting this sulfur poisoning, kale poisoning, Lian. Kale, so, okay. Kale poisoning. All right. So, because it's very rich in sulfur, kale. And sometimes when it breaks down, it breaks down wrong. And so if you're having it every day and for guacamole and for in your Kale chips and in the and smoothies. Kale chips and kale soup and, you know, kale sandwiches. Uh, you, you just really, uh, you know, I, I think You can that... overdo kale. You can Even oversee. kale,
0: you need to take in moderation.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just want to pass that on. Thank uh, you. Is, uh, so good, and Well, I'm glad you're you're working on that. I have some other health news, but I have just one question. You know, there's been so much talk about what Colorado did by uh, legalizing pot, and now the president has come out and talked about his own pot smoking experience. And, you know, he doesn't think it's that bad and everything. So, but here's my question. Yeah. How, how is it that pot is so popular? Now, I mean, I know the obvious reasons, but you are still smoking, aren't you? And I don't understand where you cannot smoke a cigarette pretty much anywhere anymore. But I don't see a lot of people talking about the harmful effects of just, of pot smoke on your lungs? Uh, I mean, or is it not
0: as bad as as tobacco? I mean, okay. how did I'm that not a health expert, but I did hear a report the other day uh, from some of the Colorado pot shops. Uh, they're selling a lot of edible, edibles. Like okay. it's almost running like 60 to 40% where people are coming in to buy like brownies and chocolate chip cookies and and potamoli and stuff. <laughs> potamoli, Pot only. So, um, I, I made that up. Uh, so I don't understand, but I believe it's your generation's fault because you all started the pot thing in the 60s and they all have seen like a real increase in baby boomers smoking it because it's calorie free, although allegedly you get the munchies, of course. So I, I don't know why people smoke it. I, it's just never been my thing. And I'm not a big fan of people who have smoked it. They're slow. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not that entertaining to be with them. I don't, I don't understand. No,
1: <laughs> so, I just don't, I just don't know how they're getting away with that, you know, because that, that, it. you know, that, you know, health officials are, you know, really down on tobacco, but, but somehow, you
0: know, uh smoking pot is not, so I guess bad. the idea is you're not smoking three packs of pot a day. You know, you, you know that yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I you're still I, putting
1: like gross smoke in your lungs. So there, there you have it or, <laughs> OK,
0: but anyway, believe so, me, I my son is, is supposed to go to college in Colorado. I'm not that thrilled by the whole thing, frankly. Yeah, okay. no, I'm not that thrilled by it. OK, so, so
1: really some much more uh, shocking and startling health news that I need to bring to your attention um, was a story that I saw at the Huffington Post about Spanx. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a girl's best friend, right? Yeah. Um, that you, you know, these are the shapewear things that you put on. Well, now a lot of doctors are coming out and saying that what Spanx and other shapewear are doing to you is they are literally squeezing your organs and that they are, by compressing your stomach and your intestine and your colon, you are worsening several pretty serious health conditions, such as acid reflux, you can get heartburn, and you can also get erosive esophagitis. That's (laughs) that <laughs> that. Okay, but it also gets worse, Leon, yeah. that many people who are wearing Spanx are also um, experiencing a shortness of breath because, because when they, you know, the, the Spanx is really restricting your diaphragm that you need for if you're going to, you know, take a full breath. <laughs> Right. If you <laughs> need to breathe. And then so that is not good. And it also compresses your bowels, Leon. And I don't think you should do anything to compress your bowels. No. Ever. Okay? Mm-hmm. So but and that is resulting in symptoms of tingling, of numbness, of pain, not to mention just the whole the lack of um sort of Air going circulating when you're wearing Spanx, you know, which is right. increase in yeast and bacterial infa- infections. So, they, doctors uh, are now saying you should only wear Spanx for special occasions. You're going to a second wedding, going to a first <laughs> wedding, going out for a prom or something, but that you should not be wearing spanks every day. On a
0: day di- Well, I don't know, Julie, you're thin, so you probably don't wear spanks. But I occasionally I have to squeeze Everybody wears spandex. Yeah, I have to squeeze myself into something, and when I take them off, I feel bad. You know, like I it does do all because those things you, you mentioned. Compressing your bowels. I am compressing. I need some compression, and uh, and then when it decompresses, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, I it it is. I put them on very reluctantly because I just feel bad at the end of the day when I take them off. So, yeah, uh, uh, so and I
1: think the combination of kale and spanx <laughs> is particularly dangerous, Liam. When
0: you think about that. You could what, believe me, you couldn't be doing this detox and be Spanxing. You cannot be spankson during the detox. Let <laughs> me just tell you that. Yeah. No, you can't. So
1: it's <laughs> just but I mean, we all love our spanks, but they're killing you. They're, they're killing It's you. like you
0: know, it's like the high heels. What we do what we do to look good, like the high heels uh you know it's bad for like every part of your feet and all that your back all that kind of stuff and then but ladies are still wearing 5-inch heels and squeezing into their spanks i know wouldn't it be easier just to wear clogs all the time <laughs> and loose no. and no. loose skirts no 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 clogs i'm i'm almost at that point where i'm going to get like just clogs for round the clock usage <laughs>
1: Lian, don't do it. You just really got to hold the line. Okay. See, you're, you're turning five zero. This is ex- this is why this decade, you're the, the fifth decade, Lian. It's really that you met. Ma- you make a decision, and either you decide to <laughs> let it go, you know, or hold on, or hold fast. Yes, right. But you, but you make a turn in your fifties. Everybody is making a turn, so. You need to think about that as you're approaching this next next (laughs) decade
0: and clogs is
1: not your answer sister. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. We had a good question on the satellite sisters, Facebook page, uh, from Maggie. She is taking her 18 year old daughter or 18 year old granddaughter, I believe to New York city for a graduation trip in the strip in the, in the spring, which is super nice. If you're not a member of our Facebook Open group. It's an open group. It's, we have a page, uh, because that's the law. Um, but our open group is just people can post whatever they want. You, you have to, you know, apply. Liz approves you. It's just not a long approval process (laughs) to me. (laughs) <laughs> Part of the opening, because she's the only administrator. Uh, so, um, but then you can just solicit opinions from the Satellite Sisterhood and take the conversation wherever you want to. You can join Mary's Fitbit group, if that's what you're into this spring, to shape up. And so Maggie wanted to know people's opinions on, you know, they're going to New York. They don't have a zillion dollars. Is it worth it to stay in Manhattan? Should she stay in the New Jersey or a borough? And what should she do? What should they definitely see? All right. I have just a couple of small tips for you, Maggie, because seeing, uh, I always think when you go to a city like New York, you have to approach it. Like I'll be back at some point in my life, you know, so you shouldn't try to cram every single thing into one trip. You know, some places, you know, you're going once, you're never going to go back like the Galapagos, but, uh, New York city, you know, your, your granddaughter will probably be back in her lifetime. That being said, it's totally worth it to stay in Manhattan right, Jewel? Because the great part of New York is that so much of the fun stuff is free if you're there. You know, it's the people watching. It's the window shopping. It's walking through Central Park. It's just wandering around the neighborhoods in lower Manhattan, wandering around the village and Soho. And it's just fantastic to walk in the city, to walk the High Line, to be part of the action. And that to me is worth the extra money of staying there.
1: I think that's a good point. I would also say bring good shoes. You know, good walking shoes. Right? I mean, aren't you always surprised that even though you know I you I live in a city and I and I walk all the time. When I go to New York, if I don't have the right shoes, my feet hurt all the time, all the
0: time. And it's yeah, not so, worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So definitely not clogs Leave <laughs> clogs at home, but wear comfortable shoes.
0: Cause you, you know, you do want to walk. That's the best way to see the city. It is. You want to walk the or, or yeah. the
1: buses are good. Things. The
0: buses are good. The fifth yeah. Avenue bus going up and down fifth Avenue. That, again, that's a great way to do it. So, you know, and here's the other way to save your money this is what I would say. Uh, Go for the sites, not for the food. Like, don't go to a lot of fancy restaurants. You, that's New York restaurants are crazy expensive, and you don't need to eat well. <laughs> like, well, I would this rather is
1: from a girl who is like eating
0: <laughs> eating chia pets. No, for I'm just saying, okay. wouldn't you rather spend your money on a Broadway show than a fancy dinner? Like, no, I think so. Yes. I, well, maybe can, they're foodies, but otherwise I, I would I would do that. Yeah, you can get great that. pizza. You can get great euros. The street food is good. You know, you can duck into a coffee shop. You get a great Sammy in New York. So if you're going to spend your money on anything, go see a show, do a museum, uh, you know, actually buy something. But I think those two things, stay in Manhattan if you can afford it at all, you know, use walking, Julie's right, wear comfortable shoes and save your money. Uh, don't spend it in restaurants because New York is very expensive to eat in. But just, you know, eat, eat, a, eat a piece of pizza and enjoy the scenes. That's what I would say. And don't try to cram everything in. Just have fun. Know you'll be back and have a lot of fun. Any Anything else you want to add, Julie? No, I think that's a very good uh good direction there Liam yeah, that's what I would say remember she's eighteen, you know yes, so she's gonna wanna you know go sh- the window shop and things yes, like that it's yes, a different sure. it's a different experience for an eighteen year old than for an eight year old so uh and I always think people undervalue like just how fantastic Central Park is, like all mm-hmm. of Central Park, you yes. know.
1: And you're right. The people watching in New York is fantastic. It's
0: fantastic. So, yeah. you know, it's like going to Paris and just sitting in the cafe. Totally worth it. You know, just watching the people in New York is the same way. So build in a lot of people watching time and cafe sitting time and window shopping time. You just can't lose. You can't lose. Uh, you know what, though? And then here's the other thing. Like, New Yorkers, though, dress up. So if you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb, you don't have to, you know, look sharp. <laughs> That's what I would say too. Look sharp. Look sharp. Get the fancy sneakers. Get get the good get the good looking leather sneakers and look sharp so you can walk a lot. Um, all right, Maggie. But let me know. There's a lot of good actual people had good uh, hotel suggestions on the Facebook page and specifics for you know sightseeing and things like that. So check that out. Uh, but you can use our Facebook page for that sort of group intelligence. We love we love helping the satellite sisterhood. And now uh, we have we have run down our list of varied topics. So we are going to go to and Gabby. So just mm-hmm. a warning, uh, just a warning for all of you. If you're listening and you haven't seen the show, uh, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks thanks have for a stopping by. Have a great week. <laughs> have a great week. Enjoy the Grammys, which are shockingly on Sunday night. That seems so fast. I don't know when that happened. But uh, the Grammys are Sunday night. And uh, we'll talk to you this weekend. But now, Julie, we should have some theme music, but we don't have any. I know, I know, we don't. Don't do that. All right, we took a little heat on the Facebook page for dumping on *Downton Abbey*, but I think this week's episode. Proved That maybe our criticism was right because I felt like this was the best hour of the season so far. It was sharp. It involved the characters we cared about. It had a broad range from, you know, Mary's story to, uh, to Daisy's story. Uh, it had heart. There were great scenes. There were funny lines. Best hour of the season for me so far, Jewel.
1: I agree with you, Leanne. I think that was well put. And we were never, like, I don't think we were overly critical. I just think we're, we're highly engaged in right. watching. And and so, But you just have to call things out as you see them. So for you, what were some of the highlights, Leanne?
0: All right. First of all, it was the night of Mrs. Hughes. She had she had you know great lines when she was taking down Braithwaite. She had tender moments when she gave Carson the photograph that it, she had framed. It was a fantastic night for Missus Hughes. I agree with you, Leon. I mean, I think they are going to be studying
1: her management style at business school. When you can say to a fellow to a like a, an employee, "I am going to lock you up in here and rip off all your clothes," okay, right. That was something, wasn't it? (laughs) She just took charge. She just handled that situation. She is one
0: heck of a manager. Yeah, it was a complete HR violation start to finish. Hey, by the way, it was like rifling through your room, found this bogus book on birth control. You know, now I'm going to strap you down, uh, rip off your clothes and, and, uh, give you a speculum, uh, where you don't want one, but, but she, she got it done. She got her done. And she just had a great show, Mrs. Hughes. Okay, another highlight for me, Edith finally getting some action. And yet everything else about Edith's storyline is just one giant red flag. Julie, what was that piece of paper she signed? I was like, don't sign anything, Edith. You are so on
1: the wrong path. It was some, like, transferring authority piece of paper. So you just know that that soon to be german that she's sleeping with <laughs> the card shark soon to be german you just know that's going to be bad i mean i was like i was like screaming at <laughs> him, don't do
0: it don't sign it i know that it didn't even make sense like you're not married to him what the I doesn't know. he have friends or family it didn't even make sense so you know it's setting her up for I some know. sort of like horrible uh you know, Nazi subplot there, frankly, you know, that's coming, you know, that's coming. Um, But once again, Edith, I I was, I was stunned by her arm cuff in that one scene where she's about to go to sleep with that guy. And uh, that spectacular arm cuff. I just loved it.
1: (laughs) I know. Really? She, she, I, I, it really, I I got weak meat looking at, at I really did. I thought as Elizabeth Betsy Schmidt said on our, our, our Facebook page, all of the clothes and hair this week were outstanding. Yes. Don't you think Mary looked outstanding? Yes, in that beautiful long purple purple velvet thing. Unbelievable! I don't, oh, oh, she will. She looked fabulous, and her, her hair looked great. All those dinner gowns she was wearing, they they really suited her. You know, She had the sleeveless ones,
0: right. the tank top, and then her she mom. She must be freezing, I think, 95% <laughs> of the time. I mean, how drafty must it be in that giant house? And yeah. she always has a sleeveless dress on. <laughs> I, know. I And she's so thin now. She's yeah. so thin, Mary. I'm... Okay, I also loved Alfred uh, applying to Escoffier. I loved <laughs> that little storyline coming in. I enjoyed just seeing all the downstairs people this week. And we're just going to say it. All of them are more interested than mo- interesting than mostly, <laughs> who we did not see one frame of this week. Right. And
1: you, and I know, and you were happy about that. So happy. That's right. I know. And
0: I had like the comment on our Facebook page from Sari who said, now if the doctor and Mrs. Crawley could just go get married and ride off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, I would
1: like that. But here's, oh, here's my prediction about those two. Yeah. I believe that the doctor is going to pounce on Mrs. Crawley in the, in the, in that storeroom. Now okay. that she's got it all fixed up. He is going to make his move in there. And yes, I would like to see them move on to go, you know, they, I mean, I think they're probably going to go to like Africa or something and start uh, helping people there. And that, that would be fun.
0: Okay. All right. And then we have to talk about Tom, you know, Not, I, again, I am very interested in Tom as a character because he is straddling both worlds. I love that he had to go to Mrs. Hughes and confess, you know, he couldn't tell Mary, but he could tell Mrs. Hughes. That's understandable. It's understandable that he slept with the maid and it's understandable that he regretted it. And it's understandable that he's trying to figure out his place in the world. So I find it a very interesting storyline. Plus he's so cute. (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, I mean, now that we see Mrs. Hughes in action, any problems that you ever had, wouldn't you go to Mrs. Hughes? Mrs. Hughes. She's the fixer. Come on. But Tom, you know, I know last week I said, "buck up Tom. that, right. that was my advice <laughs> to him. but i he was I thought he was very sympathetic this week and that you can see his great love for for his you know past Sybil. and you know, I just I, I enjoyed him this week. I thought he did a fine job. So can I mention though, that both Tom and Mary, they have children? But yes. the only scene this week, Glenn, was of of the children was like some shot right. when the maid was running away of like two strollers way out on the grounds of Downton Abbey. And it just, uh, it just made it like, that even though they have these kids, they have toddlers. They don't have any terrible twos at Downton Abbey.
0: You know that? Nanny, Nanny's going to bring Sibby down, but we're never going to see that. It, I, I think, though, that, that that's probably pretty true. When you read stories about all those British stories claim they, like, barely saw their parents. so That's it. So and that's... then sent to boarding school at age five. So, uh, I, you know, although Cora seems very attached to her children. So I don't understand the difference. Right. you think they could see their kids a little bit more. But on the other hand, that doesn't make for good TV. So I'm... <laughs> I'm not- so, you're okay with the kids out in the strollers? Yeah. Yeah. That of- big wide shot of Mary yeah. and Tom driving down. There was, I saw Tom sort of wave, wave at Sibby and Nanny as he drove down. <laughs> Now I do, I did like, uh, Gilliam, was that his name? I did yes. like Mary Suter. I oh, didn't believe he could fall in love in a week and a half. Oh, uh, are you
1: kidding? I'm a, I totally believed it. Okay. I'm
0: in love with him. Come on. <laughs> I know he seemed very honorable and I believe Mary will regret that. And you know, clearly he has to go marry Mabel who sounds like a fine gal as Mary's, yeah. <laughs> as Mary said. <laughs> so.
1: How about that kiss? that kiss was spectacular it was
0: good it was and again because she looked great and he the tweed he was wearing was unbelievable I he was dreamy he was dreamy no no I liked him I was hoping she would say yes but then I knew that oh then the man will be coming more and that will complicate the Anna storyline but uh his man who who assaulted Anna but um all right now we have to get to Anna I found actually I mean, Anna is a great actress. Uh, She, you know, her performance was fantastic. The storyline is just so hard to watch. And I have to say, this putting on my TV writer, you know, novelist hat, It's not, we're not seeing anything new in Anna and Bates's relationship. That's why I objected. Like, we've already been through this with them. Like, the secrets, the past lies, the separating, the not telling each other the truth, the torture. I I just, so, but Anna's scene with Mrs. Hughes did break my heart. She's a wonderful actress.
1: It it, it is really, really hard to watch. And she is doing a good job with that. So... It doesn't. It's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. No.
0: So no. All right. right. So here are. What do you have, Joel? What else? uh, How about
1: Rose? Can we talk about? I know. I mean, she really has no brain whatsoever. Do you think? Okay. They're dancing with that with the band, the wedding singer. Okay. Okay. Not first the drunk. I love. Oh yeah, that 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 made me laugh
0: yeah okay I was like
1: someone go save her Tom go save okay. her oh oh. how about that table all those people just giving her the stink eye but nobody was getting up to help her but I know was, that mm-hmm. was an amazing shot just Mary and Tony you know they're all just like and weird. the aunt yeah and she's they, good
0: Rosamond. Yeah. yeah yes, yes. She's so funny.
1: they were that was that was but she has no brain whatsoever <laughs> does she
0: okay all right, so there was a little bit of uh wagering going on on the Satellite Sisters Facebook post about who's going to get pregnant first. Will it be yeah. Anna, although PBS has already assured us it's not Anna or Edith or uh or the or Braithwaite. And now you almost have to put Rose in that category cuz things could, you know, <laughs> escalate with Rose very quickly. Very uh-huh. quickly. So
1: So where are you
0: putting your money, Lee, And how do you think it's going to go? You know, uh, I think Edith getting pregnant would be a good storyline. So uh, I don't think, I don't know if Braithwaite will be back. I I don't think she'll be back. I think Tom learned his lesson. I mean, I hope she won't be back because that's kind of a tedious. Again, that's sort of, we already had the unplanned pregnancy with the downstairs maid. And I know it will give Tom a lot of choices, but it kind of puts his character in this endless loop of trying to find himself that has right. it. that would be my tv writer hat so um anyway good point, good point. i think edith
1: she's just so on the wrong path oh. that that's and that that's why she
0: may end up with right her. having to pregnant sort of having yeah. to marry oh. him go to germany oh and, right and then oh. she'll be a nazi <laughs> oh
1: no this going to be a Nazi. I know. I... And then, will her, do you think her sister will still say that Edith is as interesting as a bucket? Didn't <laughs> <laughs> you love that when Mary said That's that? The best line. I think. I think Mary.
0: When your sister turns out to be a Nazi, <laughs> you might show her a little <laughs> more respect. Okay all right so uh here we go here's some uh some comments from the facebook thing people Alyssa did not believe that you know he was in love lord gilliam was gilliam was in love with mary okay lisa predicting a lot of pregnancies she thinks the evil maid will be back and prego which is just a funny word uh (laughs) Uh everybody loved mrs hughes this week but jill says i wish anna would just tell bates it's insane and then jill also (laughs) wanted to know where are the children (laughs) okay and the dog
1: the dog is not getting much time in uh season four i know
0: and that's a shame because he's excellent yeah um beckett wanted to comment just mr jazz had too much eyeliner on (laughs) And and Megan Megan said Mr. Jazz was had a really bad American accent, even while singing. And she wants to know why all British TV shows cannot nail the American accent. Couldn't they just do what we do, which is hire British people? So uh-huh. Megan, that is a good question. Uh Heather loved the little short scene uh, with the kind words to Branson from the Duchess. Okay. Yes, I thought that was. That
1: was yeah, I, I agree. Very I nice. That was, that was very, that was a real turning point. Yes.
0: And again, those are the tiny moments I felt were missing in the first couple of hours of the show uh, this season. And then Heather uh, also added, she is scared of what Thomas has in store for Cora as he chooses the next maid. Yeah. I.
1: Ooh. And then.
0: And then poor Daisy. Everyone wants Daisy to just find a touch of happiness. I know, I know. I just feel like she's just gonna be miserable her whole life, <sighs> just
1: filled with regret. Right, you right. Know, just-
0: Right. I know. So as she watches Alfred go off to Escoffier, I hope as they, she's helping him prepare for that exam, that something happens there. That's, that would be, that's a, that's a wonderful thought. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, again, much more positive review because much better hour of television this week. So, uh, join us next week for another Downton Gabby. Um, Joel, what else is happening this week with you? You got anything well, going on? Well,
1: I may just, I may re-watch it one, I, uh, again. Lena, I think it was seven. worth
0: another hour. I saved my recording too. Yeah. I think I'm going to just watch The Kiss over and over again.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think you were underselling that. That was a big moment.
0: I know. No, I think it was a good kiss. I was just so struck by how beautiful her suit was and yeah. how beautiful his suit was. It was a beautiful shot. Yeah, and, and I the thought, embrace.
1: Just look how they're sta- how they're holding each yeah, other. My yeah, Goodness, you yeah. got to study that. I think that's everyone's homework assignment <laughs> here at Satellite Sisters. Is really just uh, re- rewind that one
0: section and watch that. So, well, how about
1: you? How what, what you what, You've got your detox going on. Got the
0: detox going on. I have a quiet week uh, next week. Where I actually have a bunch of, like, uh, Liz and I are traveling to the Stitcher Awards next ooh, week. Ooh, yeah, we're going for it. We're going to those Stitcher Awards, and um, we actually have sort of a fun day planned to, um, uh, we're going to go uh, meet with some people at Sunset and go tour, Sunset Magazine. Remember Peggy Northrup, who was on our yes. show several times? She was the editor-in-chief at Moore. She's now the editor-in-chief at Sunset. So we're going to have a chance to go visit with her in Menlo Park, your old hometown, and uh, go tour the Sunset Gardens and everything like that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Well, that uh, sounds like a very fun day, Liz. Yeah, it'll be a, a fun. I haven't taken a business trip with Liz in a while. We haven't done a business trip. So, <laughs> so. oh, I, I shouldn't have said that because Liz has a whole other job. So, okay, never mind. <laughs> Pay no attention Oops. to what I just said. Yes, I, right, You might have to edit this out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. Have a great week. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.